FMX Network Production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Renthal, Maxis, the guys at Cobolinks, motorsport.com. Talking to Brian Haskell today. He is the owner of the first Stark Varg that has come off the assembly line. Uh, he's in Southern California. And, uh, yeah, they got it out to him. And, yeah, so I want to talk to Brian about the, the thoughts on the bike, both good and bad. He's an Alta owner. He's an e-bike uh, guy. So, you know, obviously he's going to love it. And uh, I get it, but I really want to get in the ins and outs of what it's like having it and riding it and all of that. Um, so, yeah, interesting guy, interesting podcast. I think it's a really cool idea. Uh, for e-bikes to be out there. I want to see them racing as well down the road. I've spent some time on Alta, and uh, yeah, pretty neat. So I've called Brian up to talk to him about that. Thank you to the folks at Maxxis Tires. Get ready to tread victoriously with the new Maxxis Moto Tires. Experience the full shred potential of our two treads. Designed for soft to intermediate, intermediate to hard terrain. Developed and tested with Jeremy McGrath. Grip, stability, and predictability that surpasses all others. These are brand new tires from the folks at Maxxis. they got a paddle tire now too as well. So go to shop.maxxis.com for more information and uh, a gift from the science nerds to the Moto Kids. Pick your pair. And also thank you to the folks at Renthal. Cooper Webb, Adam C. Cirillo, Aaron Plessinger, Jason Anderson, Justin Marsha, uh, Chase Sexton, the Lawrence Brothers, all of them using Renthal. Uh, grips, bars, chains, sprockets, you know the name, made over there in the UK to the best tolerances around. And uh, they've been in the games for a long time, since 1969. They have more championships than all the other brands combined. They are a racing company. They know the products that work, and they do a great job with it. So thank you to the folks at Renthal. Super informative website as well, so please check that out. We'll tell you more about Cobolinks and uh, motorsport.com later on in the podcast. But for now, let's call up Brian Haskell, talk to him a little stark stuff and more so thanks for listening away we go all right everybody as promised on the fly racing racer x podcast the stark varg number one customer he has the bike he's been riding it i'm super excited to talk to brian haskell about it what's up brian how are you man i'm great steve how are you i'm good thank you for doing this appreciate it um i guess i got a lot of questions about the bike for sure i've got some time on an alta over the years as do you you own one also but i guess let's just go back a little bit so you're an Alta guy. Where do you first hear about the Stark, and how do you become customer number one? <laughs> That's the uh, important question everybody has. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, Steve, I have to give credit to you. Uh, you kind of broke the news on Twitter, oh, I think, the shit. day before. Okay. I didn't know this. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and, uh, 
you know, I'm a, I have an IT background. I'm a software developer by profession. Uh-huh. And uh, let's just say I'm a professional Googler sometimes. <laughs> and uh, basically was able to figure out the name of this new bike and kind of stumbled across their YouTube page. They had uh, released the videos accidentally publicly on their YouTube page. Oh, Oh, wow. And then I had, you know, from there learned about the website. And ironically, at the time I learned about the website, I guess I come to learn now after talking with them that they were testing out the ordering process um, on their website. And it just so happened that the time I found the website, that's when they were testing out the ordering process. And you know what? It took me all about three seconds after being an alpha owner to place my order for Stark. <laughs> So, um, but nothing I gave away on the tweet, just like some really good Googling, some good IT Googling. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you, right. you kind of broke the news like, hey, there's this new e-bike coming out. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, man, you know, I, I didn't even really get any work done that day. I was just <laughs> wow. storming the Internet uh, trying to figure out what this bike was all about and finally found it. You know, after just some professional Googling and, uh, like I said, YouTube so, to the website, and then, you know, I saw I was able to place an order. I said, why not? A $100 deposit? Yeah. What, what do I have to lose? So you so you ordered the same day of the tweet, like before the day it was dropped? Yeah, I guess oh, it was yeah. like okay. six, six hours okay. before they officially launched or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. I did, wow. Okay. So how ironic that I'm actually calling you up to do a, a pod about this one. I was, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so all credit to you. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. So you were customer number one. Did you know that? Like, did they tell you that after you placed the order? Or how did, did, when did you figure that out? I mean, I, 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 I kind of thought that nobody else maybe had done what I had done. Uh-huh. Um, but who knows? But I didn't really officially know until the next day they, you know, officially announced. And then I got a a direct message on Instagram from them (laughs) saying like, Hey Brian, congratulations. You're officially our first customer worldwide. I was just like, no way. This is so awesome. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Ben from Alpine star, he went over to work for Stark and then I think we got the media got a heads up maybe two weeks before before the website Uh or something. We got a little uh, pamphlet, you know, an NDA and all of that. And, uh, and we looked at and all of that. So um, that's how that came about. And yeah, maybe hopefully, yeah, I didn't tease anything too much, but um, you know, to get to get me in trouble. No, it's it's really cool. It's got a lot of innovative ideas behind it. And, and again, um, wh- w- let's go back a little bit. What made you buy an Alta? And do you have any gas powered bikes now, or did you have one? You got an Alta and you sold it. Like, how how did your your love of these e bikes get started? Yeah. So you know, my background again is in software development and IT, and I'm you know I'm a tech guy, mm-hmm. and uh, you know just loved motocross since I've been riding since I was three years old, and um, you know back in 2017 I had my first chance to ride an Alta MX, you know the the mustard yellow one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, they had a demo day at Milestone. It was still open at yeah. the time. Uh, so that was my first time riding the bike, and I just fell in love right right away. It was so easy to ride. It was just, you know, made you feel like a little kid again. And, you know, at the time, that particular bike wasn't quite up to performance level that I was, you know, expecting out of a actual motocross bike. It had mm-hmm. 42 horsepower, a little less torque, and was a little on the heavy side, and it had the... You know, the suspension wasn't the greatest. It had the WP4CS forks yep. and, uh, you know, standard WP shock. It just, it was okay. It was just, you know, conceptually a good idea and everything. It just, I didn't feel like it was ready for me yet. Um, 
And then, you know, I was still in the market. I saw in 2018 the MXR came out, which, you know, they had changed quite a bit on the bike. It was, you know, the WP Air Fork and updated shock and um, had a little bit extra power, so mm-hmm. 50 horsepower. And I was like, okay, you know, this this looks like spec-wise to be about what I'm looking for. And, um, you know, I wasn't quite ready to pull the trigger on one um, until – I had um, basically I had a KX125 at the time. I mm-hmm. uh, went out and did a race, and uh, I was actually racing at Fox Raceway. Yeah. And uh, I was going through a rhythm section at the time, the layout they had at the time, and I clicked false neutral going through a rhythm section and just went over the bars, <laughs> slammed my head, seeing stars. Yeah. And I, you know, and this is a true story. I sat up while still seeing stars and i was like all right i think i'm done with gas bikes <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. you know steve i'm in my i'm in my 30s and you know now about to start a family here and stuff you know i really want to truly enjoy this sport for as long as i can uh-huh. and i just thought to myself you know i can't have silly mechanical mistakes like that happening you know that'll ultimately take me out of commission from riding you know it's like one of the most favorite things I do in my life (laughs) is ride motocross. And like, I didn't want a mechanical issue like that to take me out of riding altogether, you know, like really injuring myself. Mm -hmm. And my mind immediately went to the Alta because, you know, with the Alta, there's no shifting, there's no clutch. So you, you can't ever be, you know, hitting a false neutral, so to speak. Right. And just in that respect, it's like, here it is, this safe motocross bike that you can still go fast on and, you know, range is good enough for, you know, average local motocross guy. And I all I do is ride motocross. I'm not, like, doing off-road riding or anything. And <clears throat> literally a couple of days later, I went and bought the bike. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sort of the rest, rest is history. You know, I, so I bought the bike in 2018, two months before Alta went out of business. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I had no idea at the time. But, um, you know, the experience is pretty rad. You know, they had uh, their regional sales rep hook up with me, and they gave me some swag. You know, so I have, like, an Alta jersey and, you know, a couple other things that's pretty cool. And uh, it was just a cool vibe all around. And then, you know, I think it was October 2018 is when Alta went out of business officially. Um, and so I don't know if you know this, but there's only about 1,000 Alta owners worldwide. But there's only like a thousand bikes worldwide, so it's a rather small community. And like, yeah, you know, at the time it, we were all like, "What are we going to do for support?" You know, <laughs> we really love these bikes. Like, what are we going to do? And so, you know, the community really banded together and kept these bikes going. You know, there's yeah. a there's like retired aerospace engineers in the community. You know, ex Alta guys. Uh-huh. You know, everybody's kind of just been banding banding together to keep these things going ever since. And you know, I just kind of like kept riding the bike, putting it through its paces, racing local against gas bikes and making YouTube videos, trying to like show that these things are the real deal. They're yeah. competitive against gas bikes, at least at my level, you know, like at the time, like inter- that intermediate. And, um, you know, certainly now I'm more like a vet expert level and, um, you know, I'm starting to, you know, at least on the Alta anyway, starting to kind of hit its limits in terms of capabilities, I'd sure. say. Yeah. Um, but definitely had my fair share of fun. I raced, you know, um, Supercross Futures on it, Anaheim. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so yeah. All, all these different kinds of events. I raced Vet World Championships for a few years. 
at Glen Helen and, yeah. you know, just all these different events just to really show, like, you know, my own personal reasons that I can do all those events and have fun with it, but also show people that electric is, is a good option for people, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they they really are. They're a lot of fun. I, I was shocked because, you know, Kiefer's obviously developed them and had a huge part of it. And he's the guy who showed me how to ride the bikes and or showed me gave me one of his to ride. And right. he's like, "Hey, man, this thing like is like a two fifty four stroke." And I'm like, "Okay, like, all right, cool." And then right. like the map four, like I wanted nothing to do with map four. I couldn't believe how fast map four was at, yeah. on the Ulta. And I'm like, yeah. "Holy crap!" You know, like. Yep. To me, like this is faster and hard harder. Obviously, with electric power, it's instantaneous. Um, it's way better than a, way faster than a two fifty four stroke. And then I was like, well, this is almost like this this mode here. And I'm a I'm an intermediate old guy. I'm like this uh-huh. map two or three is perfect. And then when I get better, or if I'm better, or if I want to do better, there's always map four. There's room to grow on this thing. Um, I didn't like the suspension. Uh, yep. It wasn't set up for me, but I didn't like that WP stuff very much. And and uh, but other than that, and taking off on jumps is really weird. I find because I think you measure how far you're going to go, or if you have enough, by kind of the sound of your motor. And I found myself like full boner air a lot on Alta for a while. Yeah, you know? yeah. I see. I get I get that question a lot. It's like, how does it jump? Like, how do you know how to gauge speed for jumps? And the best way I can describe it to people is. It's really, truly your sense of speed. Mm-hmm. You, on an electric bike, since you don't have gears, you hear an engine like a gear whine, but you're not hearing, you know, an exhaust tone like they, like yeah. you do on your gas bike. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it's I say it's a gas bike-ism where you're using those sounds and being in a certain gear to gauge how, you know, faster going to hit a jump but what you find is after you get used to riding electric you're actually just using your sense of speed and so you, it's like this feeling of speed you have yeah. when you're riding an electric bike yeah. you use to gauge how how fast you're going to hit a jump and you know it's funny for for a while i had my altas and gas bikes at the same time and mm-hmm. you know i was able to jump back and forth no problem and when i would jump on my gas bikes I would stop thinking so much about what the engine sounded like and what gear I was in when I was hitting stuff. I was still using my sense of speed, speed yeah. on the gas bikes to, you know, gauge how fast I need to go. Yeah. And it actually, you know, to that point, it actually translated quite well. And I was actually finding I was riding even faster on my gas bikes because of it. Like, yeah. you know, some of the things that Alta has fundamentally taught me about riding it's just like i never would have gotten those experience had i not bought an alta or bought an electric bike because like you know shifting and and using a clutch are certainly skills in motocross but only because they're part of gas bikes right and not having to do that on electric it just allows you to focus on other aspects of riding like line choice and position on the bike and all that and really hone in those other skills and then so when you jump back on a gas bike you have like very refined skill set in those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I could certainly jump back onto a gas bike and use a clutch and shift, no problem. It's not like you use you lose those skills. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I attribute much of my progression in my skill set to, you know, having the Alta. Yeah, um, interesting, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, um, so, you, it's May 2023. You put the order in, your customer number one for the Varg. Uh, when were you supposed to get it? 
I believe originally I was supposed to get it September of 22. Okay. Um, and so I think that was my original date, and then it pushed back a little bit once and then pushed back again. Mm-hmm. Were you a little stressed, a little worried about this? Um, I, wouldn't I mean, it's $100, so it's like whatever, but I don't mean so much yeah, the money-wise, but, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say stressed or worried. You know, I think everybody has to understand Stark Future is a brand-new company releasing a brand-new bike to the market. Um, so they don't have the luxury of, you know, having, you know, a prior bikes and manufacturer line all set up already mm-hmm. like some of these other manufacturers do, bringing new bikes to the market. So I can understand, you know, I, I, I currently work for a startup company, so I, I just know, like, the growing pains of, of a startup company. Yeah. So I fully understood, you know, Okay, there's delays, and at the time, you remember, you know, the world was kind of going through some chaos with COVID and everything, and supply chain issues. So it's really understandable that things had to slide. And I think if you, if you didn't understand that that delivery dates were going to slide a little bit, I think you weren't paying attention, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I I checked um, in with a few people around the Stark thing, and they're like, yeah, man, like, just like everybody else, they got supply chain issues and problems, um, you know, right. with products. And and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense for sure. Right. So, yeah, you know, I certainly was excited to potentially get my bike in, you know, that September original date because I had, you know, events planned. You know, I wanted to do some cool races and stuff. Like, I think, you know, uh, Vet World Championships and whatnot. Um, But um, it is what it is. I I just, you know, sort of understood and it was fine with it. And, you know, eventually, you know, here today I got my bike. So, great. Did you go for 60 or 80? Horsepower. Oh, I definitely went to 80. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, and I could talk a little bit about this if you'd like, but, uh, man, Steve, it is a handful on the track with yeah. 80 horsepower. It uh, is just like... Dude, I didn't want silly. anything I didn't want anything to do with Map 4 on a 250F Alta. Like, I could imagine. Like, yeah, um, it, is, it, is just, it is just silly. But, you know, gosh, the, the, the great thing about electric bikes, Steve, is especially this Stark Vark, is how customizable the power is. Yeah, and I saw that from your like, YouTube. Yeah, it was super informative. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, I've, I've been trying to trying to just kind of document my experience with the bikes. You know, I'm not I'm not a Stark Future employee. I'm not getting paid to do any of this. I'm truly just an enthusiast mm-hmm. of these bikes and motocross in general. So I'm just like, you know, doing all this for fun. But also, I understand that there's so many customers out there with a bike on order waiting to get their own. And so I feel like I have sort of this obligation <laughs> from from a community standpoint to, you know, yeah. share all this info because I'm right now I'm the only customer well, in the world with a bike. I was going to ask you, um, I heard they sold four. Uh, can you confirm they did four? Or did they tell you just your one? Or I don't know if like, my source wasn't great, but. Yeah, I as far as I know, I'm the only customer right now okay. with one yep. as they ramp up production. I, sure. I, I can't really say more than that. Um, um, so. When you they flew you to Spain, uh, how did that come about? How, how, how was that? Like, did uh, somebody call? Did, did uh, somebody call you and say do you want to go, or like was that part of the deal yeah, early so, on? Or so um, that was kind of in the works for quite some time. Okay. I, originally, I was supposed to go out with the media group. Oh, okay. Back, back yep. in back in uh, I think it was like March of twenty two. Um. And then they decided only to bring media there, um, so that they got pushed back. And then they were, again, planning on bringing me before the original delivery date of mm-hmm. September. And then it got pushed back again. And um, and then eventually, I guess they, you know, were ready for me. And that's when I went out um, this last, you know, a yeah. couple months ago. Yeah, um, okay. All right. Just, 
absolutely epic experience. <laughs> I documented that whole thing on my YouTube yeah. channel as well. I watched um, I watched that. Uh, how cool is yeah. Seb, too? I love Seb. He's a good dude. Great guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sebastian Tortelli, not only is he a beast on a motorcycle, but just one of the nicest guys to talk to. Um, just all-around great guy. You know, I had some nice conversations with him there. And, you know, honestly, getting the chance to ride with him, it's, mm-hmm. just, it's just a dream, man. Like, it was just – I was on cloud nine the entire time in Barcelona. I was just having such a great time. And um, he's, yeah, again, just such a nice, chill guy and yeah. really easy to talk to. And, you know, we were, bouncing, you know, joking around a bit, bouncing, bouncing you know, e-bikeisms off each other and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I think he really appreciated my, my Alta background, that I had this kind of foundation of electric bike knowledge and um, – you know, was able to yeah. like, you know, offer them some some advice in some certain areas while I was out there and stuff. You know, the entire team besides Sebastian, just really cool. The entire company, um, yeah. Anton, Ben, Morgan. I really, you know, it didn't feel like I was there meeting a corporation. It was mm-hmm. more like hanging out with buddies. Sure. And um, I guess that's a testament to them. You know, the hospitality was amazing. You know, they are truly just passionate about this bike, and um, you know entering into the market and not really hot-headed in any way. They're just like, hey, you know, we want to make the best bike um, and just put it out there and see how it goes. Right, right, right. yeah. Um, It does, it's unfortunate, the supply chain stuff, the production issues, because they flew the media out there, we sent JT out there, um, and they, you know, we all liked it and everyone who wrote it liked it, and then, you know, it was crickets, like, if they could have had to do it over again, they definitely, you know, they, they they needed to take more advantage of the the timing issue because I do feel like everyone got excited and then it just took so long where everyone moved on to other things, you know. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But um, um, did you? When yeah, did but, they tell you that it was coming? Like how how did they like like it's on the water? Like what they what they do? Um, when did they tell me my my actual bike yeah. was coming? Yeah. Were you? Well, you know so, how that um, go? You know, I don't know if you saw, but I was doing sort of announcement videos leading up to actually going out there, and I was saying, you know, hey, I might actually get a chance to have my hands on my own, very own personal stock park. So, actually, I think the original plan was for them to start building my bike, um, you know, when you were there. The time yeah. When I was like, while I was there, yeah, so yeah. that I actually get my hands on it. But yeah. um, that kind of got delayed a little bit for various reasons. Um, so, um, you know, basically when I was there, I kind of talked to them and, and they basically told me like, we'll get your bike to you before the end of May. Okay. All um, right. For yep. sure. Yep. And I was like, great. You know, so that's what, what I announced in my video and, and they definitely delivered. They, they, they held to that promise and, uh, I got my bike, I believe it was the 17th of May. I've had it, uh, almost two weeks now. Um, and what an incredible experience. Gosh. I've never had a bike delivered in a crate to my house before. I know that's not a a new thing, but right. I don't think a manufacturer ever directs ships to somebody's house. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Um, yeah. And so it was just a really rad experience, and I documented that as well, unboxing the bike and yeah. just seeing everything for the first time. Um, really easy to assemble, too. Um, not really much to the bike. You know, it's a very very simple but complex bike um you know component wise very simple there's not really much to it but really sophisticated and mm-hmm. 
Yeah, just super stoked to have this bike in my garage now. Um, okay, so how many hours you got on it? <laughs> um, I've done. <laughs> Excuse me. I've done uh, four ride days on the bike okay. so far. All right. Um, awesome. And, um, you know, I've been dealing with some some initial issues, um, but able to work through them. The bike, the, the riding the bike is perfectly fine. I've just had a few charging bugs to work okay. out with the team. Um, so I've done, you know, each of my, my days out, uh, done two full motos each day, Um and so I basically have about four hours of ride time on the bike. Yeah, I saw the one mo one you said you went out at eighty percent, you did thirty minutes, started slowing down at twenty percent, but you know, no problem finishing the moto type deal. Which I mean, thirty minutes for an average guy like myself or you, that's a long time out to do a moto. So you know. Right. You know, guys like us, Steve, you know, our average ride days, we go to a track and we go out and do like a 20-minute motor, yes, right? Yes, normally. 20, 20 for me time, is about top, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by that time, you're like, okay, I'm ready to go back to the truck and, you know, grab a snack and rest, yeah. uh, you know, because you're just gassed at that point, pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I really, you know, I definitely wanted to show everybody the actual range of this bike. Um, the, the one video I did, uh, it was my second ride day. I went to Kuia Creek and perfect track for a range test. In my opinion, it's a mm-hmm. faster track. It's yep. a little bit loamier. It's not like loam, I guess, like some people are used to, but in California standards, it's yeah. definitely loamy. Yep. And, uh, and you know, at the time there was a little bit of an issue where I was only able to charge up to about 89% or so, um, after that, after that day, they actually sent me a update to the bike, so now I'm able to charge to 100. percent Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, even at starting at 89, percent doing that full 30 minute moto at my pace, I was able to do it um, down to about 20. percent I think the last lap or so is when I started getting some power reduction, but yeah. um, the bike was definitely able to do it, and that's that's a vast improvement over my Alta. You know, my Alta. The same, the same track, same conditions, same pace. I could really do, you know, like twenty minutes before the power starts reducing on me. So well, it'll be interesting uh, to see how the lifespan of because Alta, you know, as they went on, they got worse battery life, just like anything, just like your cell phone or you know any sort correct. of your e bike or whatever your e mountain bike, whatever. So it'll be interesting to see how much droppage you have, how much, um, how much it slacks off a little bit as you ride it you know, more, I think- but. I think maybe, you know, the Stark battery uses different, a little bit different technology. Okay. So it, it's not, a, it's not, maybe it's, maybe it's not fair to do a direct comparison, but I will say that it's still lithium ion technology. So it's, um, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe us Alta owners are a good potential benchmark for longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had my Alta for almost five years now. It has over 230 hours on it. Um, and, you know, honestly, I don't know if it's minimal battery degradation or I'm just a faster rider these days. It's hard to tell. Yeah, right. Um, That's part of it. And yeah. so, and so, you know, um, I will say that the the battery's still fine. I could still go out and pound out a solid twenty minute moto on the bike, and it runs. It, you know, it performs basically just as well as the day I bought it five years ago, which mm-hmm. is, you know, in my opinion, incredible. And that's. It's one great thing about electric. It's like every time you ride the bike, it performs the exact same. 
no matter what, no matter elevation, temperature, everything, except for maybe, you know, if we get a 115-degree day, yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of the kryptonite for electric. But the Stark in particular, you know, the way they designed this battery, you know, I was thrilled to see this when I went over there. Um, some of the design elements of this battery, they really did a great job in sort of mitigating some of the pain points that the Alta had um, in terms of, you know, thermal efficiency, the, the batteries that they're using are a little bit more efficient, um, and all went to, you know, just a cooler running pack. And so I haven't yet tested my Spark in super hot conditions because it's been rather cool yeah. here in Southern California lately, but um, I'm definitely interested in the test that I, I suspect it'll do fine. Um, you know, I've I really pushed the bike hard in a few motos to see how hot things would get, mm -hmm. and you know, the hottest I've gotten this arc thus far is like lukewarm to the touch, like a, a lukewarm coffee mug. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I Which can get my Alta, Alta so got hot. hot. Yes, Alta got hot. Yeah, I can get my Alta so hot where I can't even leave my hand on it for a few seconds. Yep. You know. So it, that is just a, a huge improvement, you know, um, just, just from the get-go. When you did that moto, what, how much horsepower did you have, or how did you have the motor tuned? Did you have it, like, at the at the 80, or do you remember? Yeah, so let me, let me talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, again, one great thing about the Stark is every owner is going to have the ability to tune the bike for themselves, how they personally like a motocross bike to feel. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I was out in Barcelona, we put my wife on an 80-horsepower capable Stark Varg, but put it in, like, a 25-horsepower mode, and yeah. she was able to ride around with full confidence, no problem. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, yep. You know, you can't really do that on a gas bike. Like, let, I would never think of throwing my wife on, like, Josh Hill's hill climb bike. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it would just be, you know, a death wish for her. But that's what the great thing about this bike. And, you know, I've found for my skill level and pace and everything in the tracks I ride here, that 60 to 65 horsepower mm -hmm. setting is the sweet spot for right. me. Right, sure. Um, you know, and that's more than the, the Alta. And some, you know, it, it, it's funny you know, I got back from Barcelona the first day I rode my Alta before I actually got my Stark here. I was like, holy crap, this bike feels slow now. <laughs> yeah, really, right? <laughs> because, uh, because, you know, I, I've gotten so used to the 50 horsepower output. And, you know, like you said, it's plenty. Yeah. It is already plenty. You know, 50 horsepower on an electric bike, I have videos where I'm pulling hole shots against 450s on that thing. Well, I think um, this is where they're running into problems with racing because – the sanctioning bodies and the rule guys, I mean, they they need to be able to monitor this thing and check it, right? And I don't know if they're ready to do that. Because, yeah, if, yeah. You, if you just put 80 horsepower in, you're going to be pulling a lot of hole shots. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. and so they've, they've sort of said this publicly in interviews and stuff, Steve, that they have technology where they can give the, the regulatory bodies access to – you know, what map the, the mm -hmm. bike is actually operating in and limit it. So they can come to some sort of agreement to say, yeah. hey, we will only run our bikes at max 60 horsepower for this race. Right. But, right. right. Yep. And they can then monitor the bikes to make sure that no, no team's doing any funny business. Right. Um, and ensure, you know, they're just being really open and honest about everything because they truly do want to race these things. Yeah. I think I, hope they I would love to see this bike in Supercross. I'll tell you that it would just be awesome. Yeah, um, a lot of, you saw, yeah. you saw guys like Kenny and, and Subaras ride the bike. Mm -hmm. um, just how they look almost immediately fast on the bike. Yeah. So <laughs> no, for sure. Um, it's going to be incredible to see guys like that rip these things. Have you played around with the engine braking? What do you like? I have. Yeah, I have. Um, 
So it's really interesting, actually. You can completely turn off the engine braking uh, to zero, mm-hmm. and it freewheels like you click neutral on a gas bike, <laughs> which is a trip. It's kind of like a mountain bike, you know, it just, yeah. just tracks it. But then you can turn it up. You know, standard setting, I'd say, is like a 252 stroke, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite like a four stroke, I would say. Um, but you can turn it up to act more like a four stroke. So I've played around with all the different settings. And, you know, actually, I've found that the standard 80% setting they have right now is actually really nice because it's a nice balance between rolling through corners and like maintaining your momentum through corners, mm-hmm. um, but also having a little bit of engine braking to help you slow down. You know, guys like us, Steve, we don't have the perfect technique for braking, right? So yeah, sometimes we need yeah. a little extra help. Yeah. And I suspect, you know, you know, I suspect guys will, will want more. Some guys will want more, some guys will want less. But that's another another great thing about this particular bike is just, you know, swipe of your finger on the app. You can change that setting and save it right to the bike. Within seconds, you're, you're off and trying it. So I am worried about um, crashing and smashing your phone in your crossbar, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the thing about this bike is, unlike the Alta, where if you damage the display, the bike stops working, uh, with this particular bike, the phone doesn't actually need to be mounted or connected to the bike for the bike to operate. Mm-hmm. So it's actually independent of the bike. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. certainly a potential where you could kind of wad yourself and break the phone, and then you would just replace the phone. They have yeah. it on their parts of accessories website. You yeah. can buy another one. Right. Um, or, you know, if you're really worried about it or if you want to run maybe a, a more traditional uh, crossbar handlebar, yeah. um, you could, you you know, maybe stick the phone in your backpack or your pocket or leave it in the truck. Um, just a disadvantage to that is, you know, certainly you won't be able to see where your battery's at while you're out riding, but if you, you know, fully charge it and then go out and do a moto, you know, again, I've kind of proven already that this bike has more than enough range for a majority of people out there yeah. for, for motocross. So maybe you don't even really need to see it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, it's, it's an option for people, which I think is also pretty cool. Now, obviously it's faster than the Alta, like you said, but I'm interested, and again, you've spent so much time on the Alta. Does it deliver power or the characteristics or anything different than the Alta other than just more? Yes, okay. it is different. Okay. Um, I'll say... How do you explain you remember, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, gosh, there's a lot to explain there. Um, I'll say right from the get-go, the power delivery is different. The Alta is a little bit more linear in terms of, you know, your throttle input to what's coming out the back tire. Okay. Um, more of like a straight line approach. So if you, you give like 30% throttle, it's going to give you 30% of the output. Sure. With the Stark, it's more like a progressive curve, I would say, um, where, you know, down low, it's got a little bit less, but then it ramps in much quicker. More like you would kind of find on like a gas bike, how it kind of ramps in power with small, maybe like 25% throttle increments. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's just, like, different in that respect. Not entirely different. Like, I'm able to jump back and forth between the Alta and the Stark, no problem. And it feels pretty similar, but there are just that slight difference. Okay. Um, I'd say that the team is still refining, um, you know, aspects like traction control and, and, and things like that on the Stark. So um, I'm, I'm sure once more customers start getting their bikes, they'll have that dialed in, too. That's not to say... I'm not finding myself blowing the rear tire up, but, um, you know, 
there there are certain cases where um, you know the tire does spin up pretty quick, right? Um, if you give it a little bit too much throttle. But again, you know it, that could also just be the Stark having more power <laughs> available and me having a, a map set up at sixty to sixty-five horsepower, which is yeah twenty-five percent more than my Alta, really. <laughs> yeah, I saw you shredded your your the Pirelli. You shredded that yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, it comes with a Pirelli Scorpion MX-32 mid-soft. Um, it's a mid to soft terrain tire, so it's not really meant for, I guess, Cali, you know, yeah. hard pack. Yeah. Um, it, it worked great for the first <laughs> couple of hours until, you know, yeah. dozen knobs fell off of it. And right. I decided to do a good old smoky burnout yeah. uh, to show the world what that thing looks like doing a burnout. <laughs> um, and then... Man, Steve, did you see my my footage on the new tube that they yeah, came out I with? Yeah, I did. I saw that. Like, that's crazy. I, yeah. I'm still mind-blown. <laughs> like, I'm just still mind-blown. Just 10 times lighter than the other tube I had. Um, it's just incredible. But, um, like, I think, who, that's Stark's own technology, or is it proprietary to them? Or who makes so, it? I'm not sure if it's actually Stark that manufactured or if they're working with a third party, but... I do know oh, that there's some race teams want to get race teams are on line one for that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> they're chopping at the bit for five pound savings of rotating mass on their bikes for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think we've seen similar technology in the road road bike and mountain bike industry. So maybe they've. I'm not entirely sure on this, yeah. Steve, but uh, maybe they connected with one of those companies to help them design and, and manufacture this one, or if they, you know, just manufactured their own. Uh, well, did you know about that when, before you took the tire off? Did you, did you, was that something that you'd read about? So I didn't know about it before I went to Barcelona. Um, okay. They, Anton had an interview with one of the media outlets after I came back and mm-hmm. met and, and announced it publicly. Okay. And then I messaged Anton and said, hey, was that on my bike when I was out there? He's like, yes. Mm, okay. <laughs> so I was actually, the bikes I rode in Barcelona had that new tube technology in it. Um, and, you know, so I, so I knew going into tearing this tire out yeah. to change it that right. I was going to find this new tube technology. And, you know, I really was like, okay, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to like, document my findings here yeah. and let the world see what this is all about. Um, and yeah, just still blown away. Uh, just yeah, kind of super feather light. It feels, you know, it feels like a. It's definitely not rubber, rubber or traditional butyl. It's, it's more like a, um, like a plasticky feeling, I'd say, um, and just feather light. I was just blown away. Yeah, that's no, yeah, super, super neat. Uh, again, what's yeah. your what's your YouTube for people who want to watch this stuff on YouTube? Is it just Brian Haskell? I don't remember. Yeah, all yeah. my social so I yeah, of course YouTube, uh, Instagram and TikTok. It's BW Haskell. Uh so it's just my okay. first and middle initial last name. All right. Um yeah, uh, and certainly I, I, I would definitely recommend people go and check that out. I'm just trying to document my experiences with this bike and share information to everybody. So and I'm guessing it's all about. I'm guessing the suspension worked better than Alta and worked well and all of that. That's really good stuff they they, they spec'd on that thing. Yeah, so it comes with, you know, Kiaba AOS suspension, much like you find on the Yamaha. Yeah. Um, and it's got the the Kiaba shock as well with the triple adjuster. And it came spec for my weight with the springs, and the valving is pretty good. Um, I, I'm, I'm probably going to be revalving it just for me personally. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer a rather stiff setup on my bikes. My Alta, I have... Um, 
you know, aftermarket valving as okay. well, and it's, it's rather stiff. So just personal preference for me, I prefer a stiff setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I actually have some collaborations with a company here I'll announce pretty soon uh, on the suspension front. I'm really excited about. We're going to get this thing super dialed in and looking really nice. So the weight is 260. I think that's heavier than the initial launch, right, what they told us. I think Anton mentioned that they were 240 or, or something like that. I think they're – they were off on what they their initial press said. right yeah so so uh, when they originally announced the bike and this was you know a major chop liquor for me was they announced the bike at 242 pounds that's it okay and, yeah you know the, the alta was you know kind of specced at 258 pounds so immediately i was thinking to myself man that's 15 16 pounds lighter than yeah. the alta that's incredible right um when i went out there you know, I, I'll be honest, I suspect, you know, I, I was just anticipating feeling that weight difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first lifted the bike off the stand, it it felt exactly the same <laughs> as my Alta. I was like, like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, this is interesting. Um, let me see how it feels riding it. And, you know, the bike feels different riding it as well. But I didn't know at the time that it didn't, it was heavier than 242 i still thought at the time it was 242 um and the team you know later told me that you know this bike was you know 260 pounds and i was like okay i can understand that you know you you set these goals for 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 manufacturing a product and you know sometimes you have to make the design decisions or when you get to manufacturing a production part you know yeah. weights can kind of slide a little bit and i, I get that well um, I, I honestly i suspect that they had some failures along the line in testing you know that maybe they didn't have a 242 bike and they had some cracks or some failures and they're like well can't do that i mean we've seen that with honda and yamaha you know that's it's a common thing right so yeah and yeah. to that point i actually when i was over there i got a glimpse into some of that you know engineering testing process um, they were showing me, you know, they have strain gauges on all the parts. So they'll, they'll send Sebastian Tortelli out and they're like, go over, jump something, the flat and see, yeah. like, Tortelli, <laughs> he would just launch stuff to flat to try yeah. to like break parts and stuff. But, um, man, the bike from everything I've seen is super solid. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, no, and, no, I'm not, I'm saying that's why they added, yeah, they're not going to send something out that's going to, you know, break. So. But yeah. I will say this, like the Alta is heavy, you know, compared to uh, not that much heavier, but the Alta is heavy and it doesn't feel like that on the track. It really doesn't feel 200. Yeah. And, what's the Alta you said? 250 something? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, the spec for the Alta MXR is 258 pounds. Yeah. Uh, when I immediately got my Stark, I just thought to myself, I need to, I need to weigh this thing. And I weighed both the Stark and the Alta on the same scale using the same process. And, you know, I used my wife's bathroom scale or our bathroom (laughs) scale. (laughs) So it's not like the most scientific test, but, you know, what it does show is, you know, use the same scale with two different things. It shows a comparison, right? And so on that scale, the Alta actually weighed 268 pounds, yeah. my Alta. Yeah. I have a couple accessories on it, like a skid yeah, plate and that, a couple yeah. other things. Yep. Um, and then the Stark weighed in at 262.7, I think it was. Um, so the Alta is actually five pounds heavier, um, I, at least I, my Alta is. Yeah, when I rode the um, Alta at Comp Edge, I liked it. It was cool. I enjoyed it. And then I came in, and I'm like, hey, what's this thing weigh? And yeah. Kiefer would... 
you know, whatever Kiefer told me. I'm like, really? Like, I was shocked at how high it was because, again, out on the track without everything, all the motors, parts moving and compression and everything else, it doesn't feel like that. So, yeah. That's exactly right, Steve. And, you know, I think – I think maybe the high weight number is scaring some people, but the thing is, and the thing I try to explain is, you know, out on the track when the bike's in motion, you do not feel the weight because there really is very little engine inertia effect on these electric bikes because there's no crankshaft and piston spinning. So on your gas bike, you don't realize it, but you're actually fighting that gyroscopic effect to, like, make the bike lean over. That gyroscopic effect wants the bike to stand upright, and so when you try to initiate a turn, you're actually fighting that force to get the bike to lean over. But on electric, you don't have that. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe lifting it off the stand, you feel feel that porkiness. But when you're out there riding it, minor inputs, the bike just responds instantly to minor mm-hmm. handlebar inputs. And it just lays over like a 252 stroke. You can just freaking rail this thing, point, shoot it wherever you want. It's like all the advantages of a a higher performance four stroke with all the advantages of a lightweight two stroke yeah. out on the track. Like that's truly what it's like. And um, um, so people really shouldn't get hung up so much on the, you know, uh, scale weight uh, because out on the track, it feels much, much lighter than it really is. And it's, it's it's not only the, 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 the low engine inertia, but also the instant engine response, the instant torque you have. It just makes the bike all around feel very light and, and flickable. Really. You know, it That's is. What I can say. Well, yeah, no, I agree. They're, 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 the weight is going to be something that the haters are going to attach themselves on, but they haven't ridden an Alta, and, uh, and they haven't ridden a Stark, right. and, and there is – you don't notice it. That's for sure. Um, let me ask you this. You, you – you like the bike. You're a fan of electric bikes, so you're super biased, Haskell. But, <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. I get it. Um, but and they are cool. I'm I'm speaking from a guy that likes the Alta, and there's a future there. What don't you like? What What would you change? What would you improve besides maybe tires, tire life with some traction on the, control <laughs> on the Sark specifically? Yeah, yeah. What early uh, on? What What's some of the things that you're like? Eh. You know? Yeah, you know, so there's uh, there's a couple a couple things I think they can improve uh, just initially, um, and I, I went over this in a recent video okay. that I did. Um, so just straight off the bat, um, like the, the there's an area on the bike where the inverter cover is. There's like recesses where bolts go in, okay. and dirt collects there, and it's rather hard to clean out. So that's like one thing, you know, from an mm-hmm. owner perspective, you want to be able to clean all the areas of your bike easily. Right. Um, so things like that. The phone mount is, um, you know, really nice piece and nice design, but there's a lot of little parts in there, and, you know, dirt can kind of get up there and make that yep. thing kind of notchy. So, you know, just from a maintenance perspective, those are areas that people have to think about. Um, I think... You know, maybe giving a little bit more adjustability in the power characteristics to the to the user would be beneficial. Um, like you know, what do you mean? Maybe like, I, th- I thought it sounded like you could do a lot, like engine braking. You're gonna have uh, you're gonna have right. Um, so yeah. right. So right right now you can adjust max power and uh, engine braking settings. Okay. Yeah. Um, and th- from the power perspective, you can go from 10 to 80 horsepower in one horsepower increments. Mm-hmm. But it would be nice to maybe define what the throttle response curve looks like. You know, maybe okay. somebody yeah. some people like a little bit more response or a little bit less response. I see. So that would be yeah. nice. 
nice. You, can, you do have you know, maps search. that you can. You you said you. I saw your video. You can store four maps, right? Four. You can. Yeah. You can store five maps. Five maps. I like that. That's really awesome. Yeah. So yeah. like, hey, my kids on it. Map four. You know, my wife's right. on it. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, another thing. I'll just be honest with you. See, there's another thing that I think they can prove um, at like really slow speeds. If you have a super tight corner mm-hmm. and a big jump right out of the corner. Um, it seems like they have the power ramp in like softly at slow speeds, probably as a safety thing, so people don't just grab a handful yeah. and do a backflip on right. flat. Which, 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 um, dude, I'm telling you, people who haven't ridden an, e- an e-bike, they yeah. hit hard. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And so I'll say, I'll say, you know, maybe like at five miles an hour, yep. the Alta hits a little harder right out of the hole, mm-hmm. and this is. You know, great thing about electric is they can just tweak the firmware a little bit, send an update out, and yeah. fix fix these things I'm talking about, which hopefully they're, they're going to be listening to this and, and they'll do that. Uh, other than that, I mean, Steve. How's that like stand? A, How's the stand and the charging part of it? Does that work? Yeah. yeah. So, so that's the other aspect, I'm, you know, as I mentioned before, I'm having a little bit issue with. So, um, you know, right now the bike comes with a 3.3 kilowatt charger. Mm-hmm. Um, so on 240 volts, uh, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with just a little bit of issue with how it charges. Right now I'm having to, to manually manipulate the amperage that goes to the bike because they need to just refine the firmware a little bit and put in, you know, a proper charging algorithm so that it charges properly. Uh, but they'll have that worked yeah. out. And yeah, yeah, that's a, they're actually that's an over-the-air right fix, now. right? I mean, it's kind of easy um, fix. Yeah. What I would personally like to see is there is there are faster charging options in terms of the physical charger that can be you know used with this bike. Um, so, like I mentioned, it comes with a 3.3 kilowatt. There actually is a 6.6 kilowatt charger out there, which would essentially double the charging rate, um, which would be fantastic because right now. You know, I use a generator as a power source, and, you know, guys poke fun at that. I, I really don't care. Because, <laughs> um, you know, uh, personally, I just want the best-performing bike out on the track, and for me, it's electric. So it doesn't matter to me how I'm supplying power to the bike. <laughs> okay, anyway, so the, um, the the generator allows you to charge it faster with the 6. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I I use a generator where I can charge uh, using 240 volts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, right now it takes about 65 minutes to go 50% of charge, which is not bad. Um, but, man, it would be incredible if it only took me a half hour to do yeah. 50%. Yeah, I feel like an hour waiting at the track is a long time, but 30 minutes after a moto is fine. Yeah, because you're yeah. resting yeah. for 30 to 45 minutes anyway, especially if you go out and do a hard 30-minute yeah. moto. And you need time to recover. Bullshitting so with your buddies your or whatever, mo- right, yeah. Right. And, you know, with my Alta, the Alta actually has the same charger, but it has a little bit less battery capacity. Mm -hmm. So it does, you know, percentage-wise charge a little bit faster just because of that. And I'm... I'm only able to do one class with the bike where I have time in between the two motos when I do races, and it works out to be fine for me. I'm able to fully charge the bike back up for the second moto, and it's no problem. Uh, I suspect there's going to be guys out there that are going to want to do more than one class on a race day where they'll want a faster charging option because your motos might be 30 to 45 minutes apart, right? Yeah, um, yeah. but don't you? But if you had it 100%, if you're able to go to 100%, and, you know, your average moto, is 15 to 20 minutes at a race day, right? Let's say. Right. You could right. go on 100% and do two motos, correct? 
Uh, yeah, you know, Steve, the range, Probably. the battery yeah. range of the bike really has so many variables. Yeah, so it really I guess, depends yeah. on how, how fast you are, how fast the track is. Hills, yeah, mud, whatever, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, so, like, you know, if you're a you know, beginner rider, probably, you probably could go out and do two 15 to 20-minute motos on a single charge. But, you know, a guy like me who's quicker, you know, I'm not the quickest guy by any yeah. means, but... I can I can get around a, a pro track here in SoCal just fine. Um, you know I I just know you know from my Alta experience I just know charging every time you're not riding it you're charging it. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. Just because just because you know y- you really just want as as much battery as possible every time you're riding it. Um, just because you know down when you particularly on the Stark when you get down to about twenty percent that's when the power starts fitting out on you and it, it you know. It's, you could still ride around. It's not like you run out of gas on your gas bike and the engine doesn't work anymore. It just starts like fading away. Right. Um, yep. And you know, after doing a full thirty-minute moto and then not having the full, you know, let, let's say I have a sixty or sixty-five horsepower map, you know, it just becomes, you know, in some sense, it's actually nice because you're tired at the end of your motor anyway, so you want maybe a little yeah. bit mellower power. But yeah. um, it seems, you know. It's actually better on the Stark than the Alta, honestly, because I get power reduction at about thirty, like thirty-five percent on the Alta. It starts fading out, and certainly sometimes even earlier than that. Like I'll hit what's called thermal limiting on the Alta at about fifty percent, and it starts tapering power off, and it just makes me feel like the battery doesn't have as much range as it really does. But on the Stark, they seem to do a really good job of maintaining that consistent power from a hundred all the way down to twenty. So essentially. Pretty much everybody out there should have a, a consistent running bike in the Stark Varg um, for their entire ride session. I feel like um, I should know this. I feel like I should know this. Do you have the handbrake or the footbrake? I actually have both, Steve. Oh, um, so, okay. Yeah, so when I was out in Barcelona, um, I, I spec I ordered my personal Stark Varg with a footbrake. Yeah. Because just because simply I'm used to that. I've been riding motocross for over 30 years, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've all are used to stomping your foot to actuate the rear brake. Right. And yeah. um, so I just like, I'm just going to stick with what I like and what I know. Um, but when I went out to Barcelona, I had a chance to try the left-hand rear brake and you know, if you saw my video, I fell in love with it. It is an amazing setup and I ride mountain bikes too. Um, it's just different on a mountain bike on a motocross bike. It's just, it's just different. Um, and particularly where I found the advantage was in right-handed corners where before with a foot brake for me personally, maybe my technique isn't the best. It feels like a two-step process where you're entering into the corner with your foot on the brake, and then you have to lift your foot off the brake and stick it out. Right. Whereas with the left-hand rear brake, just like your left-handed corners, you're just sticking your, your right leg out hmm. like instantly. Wow. And you get set up for the right-handed corners much earlier and in a comfortable position. And I instant, like after two or three laps of getting used to it, I found my right-handed corners were a lot faster. And you think about it, if you can make an improvement like that on a track, that's half a second this turn, half a second yeah. that turn, potentially, that's reduction in lap times. I can't even um, imagine it, but I'll have to try it. I'll, I'll have yeah, to try no, it. Definitely, yeah, but... definitely recommend you try it. And uh, so, yeah. so I actually, you know, again, I spec my bike with a foot brake, and that's what it has on it at the moment. Yeah. But I did also order the left-hand rear brake kit. You did? And, okay. Uh, I'm going to do some more comparisons between the Stark and the Alta. I'm going to do some lap time comparisons here pretty soon yeah. um, and things like that. 
And because, you know, I think people would like to see that. I'm personally curious as well. What I'm gonna be, I think I'm going to be faster on the Stark. I just feel like I'm much faster. Um, but also I'm very comfortable in my Alta, so it'll be curious to see. Oh, yeah. um, and then after I get through that, I'm going to throw the left-hand rear brake setup on, and I'm, <laughs> I am I suspect I'm just going to leave it on because it really is awesome. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I just can't imagine it. But then again, yeah, I ride mountain bikes a lot, so why not, right? It's the same, yeah. same deal. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's interesting, you know. Uh, it, it lets you keep your feet in the in the right spot. You're in the attack position more, and that's another thing about electric. Like, because you don't have to shift, and because you don't have to use a clutch, even on acceleration, everywhere around the track, you're able to stand up more and be in the attack position more. Because when you have to shift, you almost have to like adjust your body position on the bike sometimes to shift. Um, because in, like, some stances on the bike, it's awkward to shift, right? Yeah, Like yep. And sometimes it's, like, more comfortable to shift sitting down. Mm-hmm. Like, you can still do it in the air. Yeah. It's just, like, different. You know what I mean? Yep. On the electric bike, you do not have to worry about that whatsoever. So you're, like, mo- more times around the track, you're in a better position on the bike. And it just – that also yeah. translates to faster lap times. You know what? I don't know why, but you're right. The lack of shifting for me on the Alta kind of allowed me to focus on body positioning easier. I don't know yeah. why, because you're only moving your foot, but for some reason, yeah, felt felt different but, on an Alta. Yeah. But moving your foot is a big deal, right? Yeah, because true. if you don't have to do that, I mean, I could imagine, much like mountain bikes, how we have clipless pedals. They're mm-hmm. called clipless, but you really clip in. Yep. Some guys like being connected like that to the bike. Maybe we see something like that with electric bikes eventually, where people are clicking into the, their pegs right? and just being truly connected. like. I mean, maybe it's a bad idea because it's a 260-pound bike and things get hairy or connected to it. Who knows? But maybe we could try it and see what happens. But it just opens up those possibilities, and yeah. it's just interesting to me. Uh, Brian Haskell on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. I talked about Renthal and Maxis off the top, but I also want to say that thanks to Motorsport and Cobolinks.com as well. Motorsport, great company, super fast uh, 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 shipping, and a dedicated team of gearheads there. They'll probably have stuff that will fix, fix, fit the Stark soon enough. And uh, Cobolinks as well, lowering suspension. Suspension link on everything from Aprilia to Yamaha, and probably will have Stark soon enough. Uh, code is Pulpamex to save at Cobolinks.com. Uh, built, designed, and everything up there in Boise, Idaho, and use the code Pulpamex to get a discount. A um, couple more things, Brian, before I let you go. Thanks for doing this, by the way. appreciate it. I'm, I'm excited sure. to, to ride one of these down the line at some point. I just put it uh, – well, no, I didn't just. Before the podcast, I put in a, an order. I put a Stark in my car December 2024. I, yeah, yeah, that's a long time away. <laughs> yeah, it's a long so, wait, but let me tell you, Steve, yeah. it's certainly worth it. This, uh, this bike is phenomenal. The second part is the haters. Like, I, and I don't, you know, I'm an e bike mountain bike guy, so I've dealt with that. I have a big platform and I talk about e bikes and I get the, the haters talking about that. And, you know, I don't have an electric vehicle, but I'm certainly eyeing one up. Uh, and, and then also now with this, with this Stark. You go through the comments on your YouTube. They're mostly positive, but I don't and – I, and I dealt with this when I did the launch. I did a podcast with Anton. Like, I get it. Like, it's not for everybody. That's cool. But how could you hate on something like this? How could you hate on the new technology? How could you be scared of anything? The world's not going to turn electric. No one's t- coming to take your gas bike away from you. Just calm down, everybody. It's just a different, yeah. it's just a different way to ride a motorcycle and try it out. Uh, I don't know. I just – the haters – kill me on this thing i don't get it like just pipe down if you don't like it then just don't post anything move on unfollow brian unfollow unfollow anton i don't understand it (laughs) yeah you know there's always you're not you're not going to please everybody out there and i think 
you know, specifically with the motocross community, guys are used to gas bikes. Guys like their smells, their sounds, and I get it. You know, I'm a gearhead myself. I've rebuilt many engines, transmissions, worked on cars Mm -hmm. and bikes. You know, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy working on stuff. But for me personally, it's about having the best performing bike out on the track. And, you know, electric power plant is just an engine tuner's dream. Like every engine tuner out there, sorry guys, but you know, electric provides the crispest uh, power delivery you can possibly imagine out of a gas engine um, and a torque curve that a gas engine can only dream of. And, you know, for me personally, it's a performance thing. You know, I also own an electric car. I bought it because not because I'm trying to save the planet, but because I truly like the performance of electric. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just plain and simple. And, you know, to the point about there being haters and whatnot, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I appreciate the good and bad comments. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. You know, I'll just say that. If you're if you're one of those guys that are so anti-electric that you won't even give it a shot, you're truly missing out on a great time. These yeah. things are so much fun, yeah, and they are yeah. certainly going to open up many possibilities. Like there are so many, even here in SoCal, there are tracks closing down because of noise complaints. You know, and this is the mecca of motocross in the in the world, really. <laughs> um, so it's just going to hopefully help that situation. Hopefully, we'll start seeing maybe more tracks come back, uh, maybe tracks in more populated areas. Um, certainly dust will still be a concern, but yeah. Um, yeah. I know, you know, just my experience on the Alta, like I'm able to ride in places I can only dream about riding on a gas bike because simply I'm silent, you know, and people just, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the saying, Steve, out of sight, out of mind, it was kind of like out of hearing, out of mind, right? Like yeah. if you can't hear it, they don't think about it, right? So um, certainly people need to respect property, the public property, private property laws and things. But I think, you know, just in that respect, it's going to open up some doors for riding potential. Um, You know, quiet. I always had to wear earplugs when I rode my gas bikes. I have tinnitus in my right ear from riding gas bikes for so many years. Mm -hmm. So my ears ring. (laughs) Um, I don't have to do that on my electric bikes anymore. The maintenance is almost non-existent on these things. And I, I just said I'm a gear head at heart. I, I I love wrenching on things, but I'll tell you what, it is super nice not having a stinky garage, you know, smelling like used oil, not having to deal with used oil, put it, you know, putting oil in old milk containers and things like that, and you know, not having to change my air filter and getting my my hands all sticky and greasy before a ride day. You know, it's just kind of a luxury with these things, not having to do all that. You simply just you know, ride the thing, charge it, wash it, repeat. There's very minimal maintenance required. And, you know, sometimes I'm super busy and I just frankly don't have the time to do, you know, maintenance like that. Even if it's a simple thing as changing oil or an air filter, I just sometimes don't have the time and I still want to ride. And electric allows me to do that. Um, The bike's just always ready to go so long as I remember to charge it. (laughs) But um, it's just always ready to go, ready for me to go rip, you know, the, the top performing moto. Um, and for me, for me, I'm, I've had, like I said, Steve, I've had gas bikes as well. I just, you know, literally sold a KX450 I had with actually a KX450 I bought from Benny Bloss. Um, a, uh, the day I left for Barcelona, I sold that thing and that marked the end of gas bikes for me. Um, I'm full electric now. And, um, you know, certainly as years come on, these things are just going to, keep getting better and better with new battery technology and stuff. And um, there's definitely going to be a point where it's going to be stupid to buy a gas bike, in my opinion. 
Um, oh, I'm not there yet on that so one. Good. I'm not there on, <laughs> no, there on that one. We'll but, get but, you there, Steve. Yeah, no, <laughs> listen, they're great. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a Yamaha guy, but I would ride a Stark, and I would own a Stark and all of that. Uh, I have no no qualms about that. I think uh, it's super cool. And, again, I spent some time on an Alta and was really impressed. But I don't think they're kicking the gas bikes to the curb like you. But, again, like if you if you don't like it or whatever, then, yeah, just don't bother talking about it or – or don't you? Know, I just don't get that. No, part I think of it. <laughs> you know. I think criticism's good, and, yeah. and even negative negative comments are good because you know I think people should be talking about it. You know, I'm a you know, freedom of speech, right, Steve? You know, let people say what they want, and let the conversation weed out the good and the bad. And um, you know, but again, if pe- if guys are so anti this technology that they don't want to try it, they're truly missing out on a great time. Yeah. These bikes no. are incredible. They're so much fun to ride, and really there's no other experience like it. Um, so I just say, guys, just give it a shot. Once yeah. once dealers start getting these and have demo days, try the bike out. I'm telling you, everybody that – even the diehard two-stroke guys that were so anti-electric that I've let ride my Alta come back with a huge smile on their face yeah. saying, yeah. this bike's incredible. Yep. So just try it out. Um, give it a shot. Give it an honest shot and try it out. And I think you're gonna have. To, I think you're gonna like it. Um, Did you let anybody ride the Stark yet? No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I've had so many people ask me, and you know, I you know, I let people ride my Alta just because there's no better way to show them what the bike's all about and what this technology is all about than mm-hmm. to let them ride it. Um, but with the Stark, you know, right this second, I, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one with it in the country. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I just don't want anything to happen to it. I mean, yeah. and uh, it's my baby at the moment. So unfortunately, I, I just can't let anybody uh, under, else ride it at the un- moment. Understandable. Uh, yeah, hopefully the Stark guys start getting some more down the production line and getting these out to people. I'm sure it's really exciting. And, and uh, yeah, man, it sounds like you having a blast. And, and, yeah, like I said, I can't wait to ride one. Uh, I just circumstances prevented me from going to Spain. Uh, but I really, really wanted to go, and I just couldn't make it happen. And uh, bummer, bummer on that. So I hope the chance to get my uh, my leg over one for sure. Um, thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it, Brian. Uh, good job on all your videos. I haven't watched every single one, but watched three or four. And uh, yeah, you're well spoken in front of the camera. And I think it's uh, you know it's really cool to see you document this process along the line, uh, good and bad type deal of of owning this Stark. So uh, yeah, thanks thanks. For, thanks for the time. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Really appreciate the time as well. Let me talk about my experiences with the bike and a little bit about the bike itself. And uh, I'll just say some of those manufacturers you mentioned that uh, sponsor you, if they want to reach out to me and help me out with some things, I would love it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Let's consider it out there. Uh, thanks, man. Appreciate it, Brian. Thank you. All right, Steve. Thanks so much. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.